0: This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. I'm your host Reggie, aka Chief Financial Coconut. Every Wednesday, you'll be chilling with me and my guests, who are some of the quirkiest, geekiest people we can find on the internet about how they do money and life. Sit back, relax, we are a few days away from the weekend. Welcome to chills with TFC. When it
1: comes to the investing world, right, maybe one way of Looking at the choices that we have, alright is to understand how the returns are generated. Because when you understand how the returns are generated, then you know whether is it risky or not. So, for example, banks, right? A lot of people say, "Oh, bank make a lot of money." Is uh, it true? Depends on the bank. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Hey Coconut, welcome to Chills with TFC where we sit down with the geekiest, quirkiest individuals to learn about how they do money and life. I'm your host Reggie, aka Yoruchi Financial Coconut and today we continue our journey with Weeson and yes, actually right, side note huh, I am trying to get him to teach at our program, so if you hear an ad that I slot across all the episodes then you know, Weason is guest coaching at the All Weather Investment Program, but yeah, we haven't confirmed right, so regardless, regardless, right but this is an extension of last week's episode where we focus a little bit more on investment and risk training side of things. So, you know, at some point we all, as money managers of our own money, have to move beyond income, expenses, budgeting and start to look at investment as a big piece of money management. And by extension, this whole idea of risk and risk management is so important. And really, I would say underappreciated. So, of course, recent has some really good stuff to share live. You know, why would he be here, right? (laughs) So, yes I am very excited to allow him to share with us a framework of thought around how to look at risk and of course sign up for our program link is in the link tree link below but regardless regardless okay today is about risk management this is Chill Swift TFC one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes
2: nice dress Uh, it's a a t-shirt until you tried
0: it on same goes for your healthcare Okay, welcome back to part two of Chills with TFC and uh, we are back with Reason again. Right, is there? Hi, Reggie. Yeah, um, you know, we don't need to act like we, you know, just went home and come back. Okay, <laughs> we wear the same shirt, everything. <laughs> Same position, right? Yeah, same shirt. Everything, relax. It's okay. Yeah, yeah. but uh, I cannot let you go, lah. Just talking about all the good juice. Although, although you did share a great story, and you know, um, I, I like some of the ice, the insights that you share about life, making decisions, you know, in your career and mm. all that. But making decisions go beyond just career, right? And, mm. Uh, we are personal finance podcast, la, right? So we must talk about like financial decisions and, you know, risk, you know, making money and, you know, investing and all that jazz, right? Mm. So how can I let you go, right? <laughs> it's okay, like, but yeah, uh, yeah, caveat, yes. right? Yeah, caveat, I'm not caveat. certified. Uh. Mm. I'm not licensed. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. Yeah. We're not here to give financial advice, yeah? But I, I want to pick your brain on decision making right and mm. maybe this big word of risk right? mm. because it is a word that has been thrown around mm. in personal finance right so maybe we start with like what is considered a good decision well wow, first question so difficult really yeah, because it's part two already man, don't need to lay out already right yeah.
1: <laughs> well a good decision is when you understand yourself well in terms of how willing you are taking risk and how able you are taking risks and the goal that you are pursuing. And of course, you can't do that without not understanding what you are buying, Mm. right? So if the good decision is based on, oh, I know how it works. I know when it will go wrong. And when it goes wrong, I am willing to take it. At the same time also, I'm able to withstand the losses. If the bad events happen, then I think it's a good decision to make,
2: Mm, mm, mm,
1: right? mm. So on the contrary, a poor decision is basically is you just basically get attracted by the big headline numbers of the type of returns that you make you don't really understand how you do it but you keep hearing a lot of people are doing it and they make so much money out of it that is a bad decision because you don't know yourself well enough
0: Mm. but it's so common in finance everyone sell you the next big thing the next big headline next big etf you know this private investment that placement there's all sorts of stuff going out there it's so common you know your colleagues are cannot
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, it is not easy to to solve, Mm, right? mm. It comes back to behavior, Mm. right? But I must say, compared to where the industry has started many, many years ago, at least what is happening right now is with social media, there are a lot more participants that are helping in the financial literacy world They mm. believe very strongly i mean namely mm. what you guys are doing uh, of course, right? yes, yes. to, yes, to yes, do yes, that yes,
0: yes. So, i yeah. will I, win the next star award just say <laughs>
1: <laughs> well so i think I, I, that that element actually in the name of trying to push your financial literacy mm. help people to understand a bit more but you see you can't run away from behaviors of greed and fear mm, mm. not very easy We're to not relinquishing
0: or, the individual's responsibility huh? yeah yeah but also just recognizing that you know with more talk you know, and, and more information going around, yeah. uh, it does on some level change the industry, right? The industry mm. on some level, but yeah, nah, <laughs> Say information too too out there, you have to keep to certain standards. Uh. True.
1: Mm, well, mm. I mean, if if you look at the Singapore financial industry, mm. is is highly regulated. It is. It is. It is. Uh, there's a lot of standards, right, that there,
0: has yeah, been put in place. hard to get. Many and,
1: and to a certain extent, uh, if you look at the way how the delivery of recommendations are done on the right. There's a lot of work that comes within the industry the people that are providing it the regulation side of it the other participants right to make sure that consumers have more confidence in dealing with buying financial products with the right licensed operators
0: you know because you are you're knee deep in the space right or Mm. you were knee deep maybe you will go back in we don't know Mm. right you were knee deep in the space what is one thing that you know as a retail person like I don't know at the back regulators do this and all that Mm. that that protects my interest what Mm. what is something that you can share
1: okay so maybe we go there I'll I'll, I'll talk about that later right Mm. but I would like to share with your audience, right? Is there's a difference between financial advice and product advice? Ah, okay? okay. Okay. So in going there. in this industry, mm. most of the providers are giving you a product advice. Mm. Very far and few provides financial advice. And what is the difference between two financial advice? Alright, is an organisation or an individual right that really look at your financial needs. They go to the extent of understanding your finances, understanding your goals, knowing what you have and what you don't have, right? And then they come up with a financial plan for you. That is what I would deem as giving you the financial advice to tell you whether are you borrowing too much or you're saving too little and then against the goal that you want to go, how realistic is it for you to be able to reach where you go? Mm. So that is usually club as financial advice. Product advice basically is, it is deemed that you know there's something that you want already. What they will try to do is to see that whether that product on right fits the risk that you are comfortable taking. Mm. So most of the providers in Singapore do this part. Mm. So when you are engaging with any of the uh, consultants or right. bankers <laughs> or, or agents on <laughs> right, mm-hmm. you just need to be mindful with that. Because it is unrealistic as a consumer that you're expecting the person to give you financial advice, where mm. the person... But actions are, it's only giving you product
0: advice. So you turn one round and say most financial advisors are not giving financial advice. It's not to say
1: they're not giving financial advice, but it's just basically when you go to them, right? You're seeking for product advice. Mm. You're asking what is good to buy. No,
0: but if I I go to them seeking for financial advice and they give me product advice?
1: You need to be very clear. Are you going for financial planning? Or you're going to say that, you know, what is good to buy? Based on the market view, right? What is the investments that I need to look for?
0: But do you think a lot of financial planners or financial advisors... Or even bankers, they, they come to you, mask as financial advice by actually just giving you product advice. Uh, no, because there's a
1: distinct difference between the two. The process of doing financial advice comes with the output of a financial plan. For product advice, is very different. Product advice is basically, they will still ask you some of the questions, but it relates straight away into a solution. Mm-hmm. Because they say that based on your risk appetite, mm-hmm. right? These are the few, not right. that more or less is suitable for for you right mm-hmm. so that's the distinct difference yeah yeah
0: great. You know? great great I think there's a beauty in what you just pointed out right? in terms of financial advice and product advice right or like mm. like you know the what are you going for right it's quite different so if you're trying to coach someone into be discerning of these things and like having a step-by-step kind of methodology to towards making better decisions right what what are some common things that people should be aware of when they are in the personal finance space, trying to make like what the hell is going on in this thing
1: okay so first thing it starts with what you have how are you spending your money mm. it's as simple as that today are you spending more than what you earn and fix that as a fundamental so this is where the basics of uh using credit cards all mm. start to come in don't borrow too much all right mm. to fit your current lifestyle Because you're confident that your future income can pay for it. You're rolling. rolling. Right? So be very mindful of that. So simple rule is basically is you spend less than what you earn. From there, then whatever excess you have created on, right? Then it's a question of how then do you grow this money to plan it in such a way that in the future, you have more than what you have today that can pay for that type of expenses that you need in the future. For example, for yourself, it may be like okay, I plan to go on a big, big trip. Mm. Maybe when I hit a particular age, on right, I want to take a break. What we want to spend about one year,
0: right? See the world. Mm. I buy a caravan and drive to London
1: ah right yeah, yeah, so sorry. those are certain maybe life aspiration moments that you want to fulfill mm-hmm. and the practical part is you need to be prepared financially for it mm-hmm. right the last thing you should do is take your credit card and then start swipe, yeah, yeah, and then say okay I'm going to go on my, mm-hmm. my round the world trip right that's not prudent mm-hmm. la, because you create another problem after the trip is over mm-hmm. then you'll be laden with so much debt so then you need to be able to find a way how to be able to grow it simplest rule of thumb is like what we said just now right buy something right that you know how it works. Be comfortable with the risk that you're taking. And then most important thing is just basically, you know, right? Understand two things, uh, the time duration, how long you're prepared to let it grow. And also understand that it's this thing that a lot of people are saying, right? Believe in the compounding effect. And for all you know, uh, right? The type of instruments that you will choose to buy, uh, they're very basic stuff. Mm. It doesn't have to be very, very sophisticated. Buy unit trusts that are globally diversified, global bonds and all those are as simple as those things right? that provides you with the ability for the investments to grow over time. Mm. They're well-diversified enough right, that fits into your risk appetite right, that you don't want to take so much risk and it has a compounding effect mm. of growing in. Right. Mm. And to be able to regularly put money in because one of the things that for people like myself who have seen so, so much over the years, <laughs> right, the best time to be investing right, is when you have excess money. You don't really need this money for very long term. And then it happens to be during that time when there's a lot of market movements. Mm. And those are opportunities that present good time to start investing in something that is very well diversified. And allowing for the skill of the investment manager, right, to be able to grow that money over time. And we have mm. seen so many big market situations that has happened over the years, right? And the recent one was actually what we have seen last year. Mm. But if you have investment horizon of five years and all those and right, to be able to buy some of those well-diversified funds, right, you will be surprised on the result that you get mm. uh, five years down the road. Mm.
0: Mm. Then mm. why are there so many fancy food products?
1: That is because consumer likes novelty. <laughs>
0: you should not supplier need to sell something.
1: Well, in the age of consumerism, the market demand for consumers is, I want something new. I want something interesting. You give me boring stuff, I'm not interested. Mm. So unfortunately, the world got caught into all these things. But if you look at the true essence of the the things that really, really work time in, time out, are just basically the simple, seemingly boring type Stuff. but unfortunately the consumers find that it's unexciting right so it, it, it created this particular uh, scenario uh, that the financial world uh, have to constantly find innovations uh, right, to just basically keep with that novelty or something new that uh, the, the consumer needs
0: so essentially there's no need for a sectorial fund there's no need for all this you know multiplier within, within some of these funds and no need to leverage none of this all those things you think as an average consumer you don't need to care
1: Yes and no, huh? Okay, what do I mean by yes and no? Again, when we look at the world today, right? The number of people right now that has surplus savings, because we live fortunately in this part of the world, right, where our economies continue to, to grow, a lot more people have a lot more investable savings already. Right? And at the same time also you have different people who have different level of investment needs. Mm. Right? So there are some of them would need this type of tailored instruments, more modular that caters to their needs.
0: Cool, eh? Who what, what are the people that... that it depends. Needs, I mean, it's hard
1: to be able to say it, right? Yeah. But in general, the more well-diversified one, right, is a very good basic step to start. Mm. But as you grow your wealth, it becomes larger and larger and larger. You'll probably want different type of variations, know, right? Because of your familiarity with the investing part. Mm-hmm. And then you're comfortable taking a point of view that you think that this industry, you feel that you will grow... Maybe you work in the industry and then you say that, okay, I think I'm a lot more comfortable with this industry because I know the industry well. I work in the industry. Then you might want to participate a lot more in that part. So it provides that, that variety. But for anyone who has started it, right, it's good enough to have something that's basic. So it's like shoes, huh? mm. right? You start with a simple pair of shoes, right? Mm. Then after that, when your lifestyle change, wow, you don't want to go running, and right? I say, hey, my walking shoes can mm. I use for running? I need a good pair of running shoes because. I want to start to train for my half marathon and full marathon, right? And you can't be wearing a dress shoe
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: for weight run, right? So there'll be things like this. And then you play certain type of sports, right? You want a shoe right? that cater for that sports, playing tennis or playing badminton or whatever. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that is where you will cater for the needs of
0: different groups of uh, uh, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But in general, whatever you just shared is, is good enough for a start.
1: For me, it's it's a good enough start for any well-diversified global equity funds, global Mm, bond funds. Because at the end of the day, our biggest investment that we should make, if we are all working on, right, is our career, Mm, mm. right? Which you can
0: find out in part one.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Which is actually our career, right? We should be spending most of our time there because that gives us the ability to be able to create,
0: Mm,
1: right? mm. And it's within our control. It is our skill. It is our time. But there are certain things when it comes to investing. Unless you are in the investment world and you can do it, then fine. But most of us are not. So the best way to be able to do it, right, is to find somebody that is doing it on a full-time basis. Mm-hmm. And start to, something that is very well diversified that allow the person, right, who is very familiar with the market, right,
0: or the investment companies and all those, right, to manage it for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or, or eventually, over time, you build up some confidence. Then you say you yes. take a point of view, right? Correct. So yeah, let's say, yeah. for example, right, I, I like you, you, you grow
1: your career in the tech industry, mm-hmm. you to a more senior position, You can understand the dynamics of it and then you can see certain trends that are emerging out of it. Mm, mm, mm. You say, yeah, and then I want to put a bit more money there Mm. because I understand the industry. And then, yeah, you you go and buy all those stocks that you think that will do well. uh. Mm.
0: One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. Learn more at uh1.com. fair fair I I, I like that thought process I like Mm. it I like it a lot Mm. yeah but then uh, when it comes to like making decisions in in finance right there's this word that gets thrown around, right? Which is risk. And that's the part that gets very iffy, right? Because it, it's not just a pure technical, logical term. There's a lot of emotions that are packaged into it. Mm. Right. At least from the from the masses point of view, like, like for for the retail crowd that, that, you know. Mm. Th- there's a lot of emotions bound. I know when when the financial guys talk about it, very technical one, this thing, risk is a number, right? There's a mm. very technical element to it. But when we are investing, you know, or putting our money, risk can be quite emotional. So how should I understand risk as part of my decision-making process.
1: Okay, you're right to say that, you know, it's a very complex definition la, mm. when it comes to how the financial sector is trying to show an uh, average consumer, right? But I think the industry is trying as hard as it could to simplify. And the way to simplify is very simple. La. How much are you willing to lose la, mm. if you are putting X amount of dollars? So if yeah. you're investing $10,000, how much are you willing to lose? Mm. I think that's the simplest way to, to describe risk already. Mm. Are you willing to lose all of them or you're willing to lose a percentage of it? And what they will try to do is to decipher from here on, right? To see, okay, which type of investment instruments on on, right? When we look at the past history, usually they will go as much as what you're willing to take. Mm. But that mm. is based on average, based on history. La. Mm. Yeah. Mm. But I think the way how we look at risk if you look at it from this this point of view on, and on right it's something that we need to explore a bit more because we should take it as a way that if I, I can understand this, I know how to generate the return. Mm. No different from I think the business world, uh, right? Mm-hmm. Uh where a lot of uh successful entrepreneurs, when we look at them from the outside, we think that they take a lot of risk, but actually they are not. They are very prudent in taking risk. They know how to find opportunities to get the growth. Either they know how to produce the product as cheap as possible and can sell it at the highest price and still give the good quality, or they go into a new space where there's a very big demand, no one is offering it. So I think similarly, when it comes to the investing world, maybe one way of looking at the choices that we have, is to understand how the returns are generated Mm. because when you understand how the returns are generated then you know whether is it risky or not Mm
2: -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: okay so for example simplest uh, definition right banks a lot of people say oh bank make a lot of money Mm -hmm. right is it Uh, true depends on the bank
0: Well, very political.
1: Yeah. Well, it's true, right? It depends <laughs> on the bank, right? Because you have good banks uh, uh, that you have a very good group of people mm. running it and yeah, some of them that made terrible mistakes of it. But there's a general understanding around, right, that banks make a lot of money, so it's good investing in banks. The question is basically this is if you know beyond just that bank make a lot of money and you know how banks make money, to a certain extent, it gives you a bit more comfort around right that, oh, then I know how they manage the the risk to make money.
2: Mm. Mm.
1: Right, then you go a bit deeper, right, to understand. Okay, under what situation they we will go very wrong. Mm. So because of that, uh, you empower yourself with the knowledge already to be able to do it. But that requires a self interest, uh. You need to be interested to learn, that, uh, Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. to be able to do it. And I think today with the podcast that you have created and all those, there's a lot of materials. Mm. Right, mm. you just need to stick with one channel, mm. and then you learn along the the way, mm. and then you be more enlightened, uh, over time.
0: Mm. Yeah. Fair, fair. Because I think there's a lot of people that just compare returns to returns. Mm. You know, in the sense of like, oh, you put in the bank, fixed D gave you 1%. You invest, you mm. get 8%. Yeah. You, know, like, you know, like, hey, what are you doing here? All right, you should yeah. go somewhere else. Correct. Yeah. So leading to that right? right?
1: Yeah. The question that you should ask on right? Is how is the 8% generated? Mm. Because that is part and parcel of coming back to the word risk. Mm. But it's just that I'm framing it a bit differently is to say that, if you say that you're going to get the 80%, how are you getting it? Mm, mm. If you cannot understand how the 8% is generated or the answer that is given to you, it doesn't really
0: Makes sense. make sense,
1: sense, mm. right? then you should step away from it already. Mm. That is actually risk management. Don't buy into things that you don't understand. Mm.
0: Okay, fair, interesting so then what are some common scenarios that you you see because I, I think a lot of people when they think about risk right you, you very very often you hear this line oh I'm very risk averse I want to invest very safe one okay you know or even the converse is also true you know in a sense of like oh i I okay well, I have all sorts of risk I also can take one you mm. know and I often feel like these people are oversimplifying it and also like they don't fully appreciate it that's why they will take these kind of positions mm you know very extreme okay
1: mm. so that is where a good financial advisor comes in mm, mm. right is to be able to ask with no different i uh, say mm. oh, how are you mm. okay la. okay la. Mm. right but a good advisor one, right will try to find mm. more than that mm. what do you mean by okay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right okay. so in the world of investing and right it's just basically say oh you're risk adverse why are you risk averse? Mm-hmm. right and it's to get to the into that conversation and right where the advisor can understand a bit more when they say they're risk adverse what does it mean mm-hmm. because sometimes right, when they say that I don't want to take a lot of risk I'm right, more often than not I'm right, it's because of a bad experience
0: mm-hmm. share, share me more
1: I mean we all hear news about people losing money and all those things right? and the person may have lost some money out of it they say no no no, no. I don't want to take any more risk away but if you do not ask more than why you're risk adverse you will not know and I think a good financial advisor knows how to coach a client on how to overcome that bad experience and is to understand a bit more about what actually went wrong with that situation. Is it because at that point of time, you were just, this was money that you were really prepared to set aside to invest, to grow, and you're quite prepared to lose the money at that point of time. That is what you thought. But in actual fact, when you really lose the money, then you were like, eh,
0: Eh, not like that one. <laughs> yeah,
1: right? Although you say, okay, nah, nah, ma I can take risks uh, Because at the time, everything was very good. Ma. Uh, 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 right? So it can be those things. And then a good advisor then will start to coach the client right a bit more about, okay, how then do you balance between the ability to take risks and the willingness to take risks? Um, it takes time, but that is where if you are a consumer, right, and you're feeling that this person knows how to understand you a bit more to work on this, you better stay with the guy already. Because he is making an attempt to understand you a bit more and he's sharing a bit more, right, to help you get past through this stage. Mm. Because like it or not, right, if we are too risk adverse, uh, and we have so many sitting in cash, it doesn't work well for you over time. There's so many evidence that we can see on prices. Mm. Price of cinema tickets, buying our, our chicken rice and all those, right? Crazy. It will yeah. never be the same, run. Right? it will continuously go up. You cannot run away from it. If you continue to put your money into cash, the price of your chicken rice will go up. right? You would you will use a lot more of today's money, right, mm. to pay for something tomorrow. Mm. So therefore you need to be able to find a way to be able to grow it. Mm. Yeah.
0: Mm. Fair, fair, fair. I, I get it. Even auntie knows inflation. Tong ho pong chang. Auntie also know that you know this is a common idea, yeah. right? Right. Mm. Okay. So then as someone has been in the industry 20 over the years, 30 years, you know, and now that you are temporarily out of it and liberated, liberated. <laughs> right? So what are some things in the industry that you feel as a smart consumer, you know, of financial products or as a smart investor of financial products that I should be aware of. That is very common in the industry. Everybody do these things, say these things, you know, but you want to like on some level warn the buyer a little bit.
1: Number one is uh, like what we earlier have talked about, right? Understand the role of the person that is actually talking to you. Mm. Is he giving you a product advice or is he giving you a financial advice? and know what you are getting into. Two. Mm. Do- is basically you need to know what you are buying. Although the person is helping you to describe what it is, you need to know it also and not over-rely on the individual because it's your own money at the end of the day. What the person will do for you, he is making as the best attempt uh, to understand your risk level. Mm. So this leads into... Number one, how then do you acquire knowledge? Mm. The whole financial literacy part of uh knowing how to grow your money. And I think that is where I would advise your listeners and right to find channels la, that the delivery of what they are sharing with you it resonates with you. Don't get too carried away with oh I can make money for you, you should be buying this and all those.
0: But what if that resonates with them?
1: My advice is you you stay away with that first. Mm. You go back to a person right, that you can connect with over the phone screener right mm. there is sharing some some things on right that make sense to you mm. all right and then after that you you learn more from that channel yeah
0: yeah mm. and and over time you become more discerning right you Correct. learn to become more then you more can discerning. expand
1: it a bit more mm. to go to the more advanced channel right? right they will start talking about wow very complicated technical analysis mm. la you know buying into different type of things right then you will go there Mm-hmm. Right, so you go there at your own pace.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have a channel you want to share with everyone that you think is good? Uh, stay tuned, now. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'm not saying I'm creating anything here. Coming, coming. Yeah, but uh,
1: coming. this is uh, yeah, stay yeah. tuned yeah. to register stay uh, tune, future products. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah no? good things are coming your way. Good things are coming your way. Great, great, yeah. great. Okay, so and and I, I think got, got another element that since you talk about it in this way, right, I wanted mm. to ask you like, who do I then decide that I can trust? Because sometimes I feel trust is misplaced, right? Like people trust people that are like them or people trust people that are like, make them feel good and all that. But when you're making financial decisions, sometimes it's really not these things, you know, it's like, it's how good this person is, you know, like the insights and the things that they carry, the rigor that they have. How do you kind of work through all these different metrics to decide, okay, who I can trust my money with?
1: Singapore is a place done, right? that there are a lot of, I wouldn't say safeguards, but there's a lot of work that has been done right, to make sure that the industry is providing a good level of advice. But most of the advice that is provided are product advice. And there's a lot of things that is happening behind the scene to make sure that whoever is providing it done, right? can do it to the best level. Mm-hmm. And they are regulated. If the provider cannot comply with this, there will be consequence. And it is in the act. It's called the Financial Advisors Act, Mm, mm. right? So we are dealing with a market, at least in Singapore, right? That you have this certain level of expectation that we have to give to our clients. Mm. I think at this point of time, right? Is you can't run away from behaviors. Mm. The natural attraction for greed and the fact that when things don't go well, heightened or fear goes up. Because behavioral science is you feel pain twice as much as you feel gain. Mm, mm. It is like that. It's hard to be able to answer lah, about trust, but um, all I can say is this is a country where the providers that are giving you all this advice, on right, they have to meet a very high level of standards mm. and their standards keep going up over time mm. with the main intention lah, is to protect the consumer right, from not getting in the situation that they start to lose trust in who they are offering mm. to. But again, it's human behavior. And certain times when it comes to human behavior right it's very hard to be able to predict lah. Mm,
0: mm. yeah so there's no issue with the sellers or i would say uh, there's no issue with the sellers mm. but it's a two-way thing of course, of course. i think we we yeah. address the one-way thing like yeah. right? are one-way part of like the individual greed and all that mm. right but but what else? you know like sellers also got some weird, weird things right out there that they do
1: well, it depends on uh who are the who are the sellers. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's why I think yeah. it's like how to be. So decide? it it comes yeah. back to, is the person giving you product advice, mm. or the person is giving you financial advice, mm-hmm.
0: which you think is rare? Financial advice. Financial advice is rare. Okay. Yeah. yeah, Stay tuned. Right? Today's episode is sponsored by MAS. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not working for like, MAS. <laughs> 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 I'm not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Fair, fair, fair. I get it. I get it. I, yeah. I, I love it. I love it. Okay, yeah. so how do you look at someone, you know, knowing what you know and like, when someone comes to you, you ask them all the questions, how do you know that they have a good plan?
1: I'm sharing with you my own experience, Thank right? You. So yes. when it comes to a stage of I'm trying to define my own path, Obviously, it's important to give myself the comfort and also my wife and run, right, that financially we are okay. Mm. So I had the opportunity to speak to a financial advisor, mm. right, that walked me through the the process. But it is a process that I'm very familiar with because I mean I'm in the industry. But what made a lot of difference on right is basically the person himself, what he values. I'm able to see the values that he holds very dearly to him as a professional financial advisor Mm. and that value is actually quite similar to his own personality Mm. so it's not a mask; it Mm. is actually the person itself and i think the good thing is basically is the person knows my background Mm. but he is able to tell me certain things and right that make me start to think of oh i may have got it wrong and he is brave enough to be able to do that because why he's he's doing his role Mm. And knowing that, you know, even though I am in this industry for very long, I may not know everything. Mm-hmm. And he, he presents that part. And he just doesn't agree with whatever that I want to do. And I think that is where I felt that, you know, this is the guy for me because he doesn't agree everything I say. He keeps saying that you shouldn't be doing certain things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he gives me a very good dose of reality. Mm-hmm. And that's very reassuring. Mm. That I know that you know he is really looking at my interests mm. rather than just basically producing something that will then lead into him wanting me to buy something. Mm. So that's very very different.
0: Last question, right? Mm. How do you decide that based on the advice that's given? Mm your previous position is inferior to the new position recommended?
1: It wouldn't say it's inferior, but the thing is basically is I needed validation and he was able to be able to describe all these things with me and I find it's very refreshing. I mean, sometimes, you know, when you see a a particular specialist or whatever, they can tell you there's certain things that you don't really need it. Mm why are you overspending money on certain things? Mm. Do you really need what you want? So there are very far and few people uh, that is able to tell you no, this is not good for you, right? Rather than just, okay, no matter, be trying. La. Since you want it, i give it to you. Mm. Yeah. Thank
0: you. Thank you. you welcome. Nice. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely.
1: Stay tuned all the way after this quick notes for our personal money question segment. Before that, I hope you've learned something useful today. Join our telegram group, follow us on our socials, and check out the financialcoconut.com.
0: Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I got three questions that I will ask everybody. Sure. Number one is what has been your best and worst investment you've ever made?
1: Best investment that I've ever
0: made is my family. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's a, another season of podcasts. <laughs> yes, yes. That one cannot open another uh. that, that can open uh. <laughs> Keep going already. Yes. I bring tissue paper. Yeah, uh. yeah, uh, yeah. I bring tissue <laughs> box. Uh. I send out a tissue box. Ayoh, yeah, yeah okay. best investment is my family. Okay. Yeah. And worst?
1: Worst Im- investment is uh, buying something what my tailor friend told me. Your tailor
0: friend? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so it's one of those uh, painful life life lessons, Thousands and right?
0: Thousands of dollars worth of suit, is it? Ne?
1: No, uh, mm-hmm. it was the height of uh, pre-Asia uh, financial crisis. Oh, Everybody okay. was just basically investing. and uh, Because I used to hang out at the tailor friend's place. Mm-hmm. So that guy was so into investing run
0: right. Forget how to tailor. I Every mean, day just invest. Yeah, And then suddenly he
1: became a stock pundit. Right. And he has a character, right? They oh. knows how to convince you, although he doesn't know the thing, right? And we got carried away la. We're all like, okay, la. then we just put and then yeah after and that then... the stock market crash.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. Uh welcome the story of the life of yeah. many people of that generation. <laughs> uh, next question is what is one thing under hundred dollars that has been a game changer for your life?
1: Actually I would say that is my start though. The the allowance that I had. Oh. That ah. was contributed by my uh, contributed by my, my relatives and my friends. Okay, yeah.
0: so it's, it's not about what you spend, but what other people spend on you. Yeah. Great, great. Shout out to you. Huh? Kampong mm. effort. Eh? Yeah. This is a legit kampong effort, eh? right? <laughs> Last question. One place you learn that you think is underrated, and right? you want to share with everybody, it can be a particular book, a website, or a YouTube channel, a podcast. Wow yeah one thing anything It don't need to be finance related
1: okay I I share about the latest one uh, ah, okay, right okay, okay, uh, yes. it's this thing called the all-in podcast
0: ah, 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 right so
1: if they call them they the, mm. the the besties uh. mm, so yeah. I find that that one is really really interesting mm, yeah mm, mm, mm. Uh, all four of them like Chamath yeah. and who are the other three Chamath David Sachs Jason Calensis and mm. uh, David Friedman yeah,
0: yeah it's okay one day I'll be even more all-in right we'll double down yeah you'll cards, double right? down we'll call double down yeah. podcast yeah. right <laughs> and the all-in guys have to come yeah right Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you very much
1: for your time, Richard. Lovely. Yeah. lovely.